Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Recall then Peter asked Jesus, Lord, have me come to you walking on the water, because Jesus came walking to them on the water. And so Jesus said, come. So Peter gets out of the boat. He takes a step. He takes another step. And he's walking across the water. But the storm around them is getting more severe. And Peter begins to look around. He's looking at the waves. He's looking at the wind and all these things. And he begins to sink. Have you ever been there in your life where you feel like you're beginning to sink? Um, At that moment, Peter says, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, now, Peter, you need to get your faith right. No, he didn't say that. He just reached down there and grabbed him and pulled him up. And he was okay and helped him into the boat. Um, you know, when we're sinking in life, when we're struggling and we're beyond ourselves, praise God we can have hope because Jesus is with us. If you know Christ, he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And so uh, we need that hope um, in, in, the, in the regular, everyday times of life, but we also need it, especially in those times where we're struggling. Uh, and uh, this scripture is actually written to a group of people who are suffering with various different trials uh, and persecution. Uh, and in the midst of all of this, Peter is writing to them, and he's reminding them of the hope that they have in Jesus. Um, And this hope that they have in Jesus can sustain them through. Now, hope in Scripture is not just, well, I hope it doesn't rain on the weekend, okay? Hope in Scripture is confident expectation. Why? Because it's based on the Word of God and the promise of God. And God's Word and God's promise can't fail. So hope is is confident expectation that God will do what he said he will do. Now, this is similar to faith, but hope has the idea of looking forward to what God has prepared for us. And so we need to look to Jesus to sustain us in our hope and to supply the hope that we need. And the title of my message is Our Living Hope. Our living hope. And look with me at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So our living hope, why do we have a living hope? Well, we have a living hope because we have a living God. A living God. We have hope because we have a living God. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just who is this God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? He is the one who delivered the Israelites from Egypt with plagues and uh, uh, turned a stubborn heart of Pharaoh uh, to allow the people. He, then he, he helped them cross the Red Sea. 
He provided manna in the wilderness. And then ultimately, he knocked down the walls of Jericho. Uh, he delivered Daniel from the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. Uh, this is the God that we serve. And if that were not enough, he solved the problem of man's sin before God. How could a holy God and sinful men have fellowship? God sent Jesus Christ to live the perfect life we couldn't live, to die the death we deserved, and to, to raise in mighty power and victory uh, this is the work of God, this living God. He's alive. Did you know that? He is sustaining the universe by his power. He's telling the ocean how far it should go. He is uh, maintaining uh, the planets in orbit. And, and all of the things of this world uh, are his domain. And he is ruling and reigning. This is the living God that we serve. And can I tell you something? The fact that he is a living God means that he can help you where you are. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have vain hope, but we have a living hope because our God is a living God. We can call upon his name in our trouble. We can bring our, our cares to him because he cares for us. Uh, we, can, we can bring the burdens of our hearts and, and we can find those burdens lifted because he is a God who lifts burdens. He is the one who brings the peace that passes understanding. He is a living God. So we have a living hope because we have a living God. Why else do we have a living hope? We have a living hope because we have a great mercy. We have a great mercy. Look at verse 3. Because of his great mercy. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Aren't you glad that God is a God of mercy? I love what Lamentation says. Uh, Jeremiah is looking across the uh, devastated city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem's gone into captivity. And uh, he says, Lord, it is of your compassion that we're not consumed. For your compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Your mercy fails not because they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Every day God extends mercy. And so that means we can have hope, right? Because of his great mercy. How great is the mercy of God? Well, you see, God, God couldn't forgive my sin. Oh, yes, he can. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. His mercy is great. Sometimes I hear people say, well, God wouldn't save a murderer. Well, God wouldn't save somebody who we see on the news who's done some horrible thing. Yes, he would. If they come with faith and repentance toward Jesus Christ, God will save their soul based on the promise that he has made and the truth of his word. God will save their soul. God will extend mercy. His great mercy, God's great mercy. There's no one it can't touch. There's no one it can't reach. And that brings us hope. Have you failed God lately? Can I tell you something? There is fresh mercy for you. And that mercy brings hope. Uh, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. How is God kind to us? Well, if he's kind to us when we're in sin, that means he has showing us mercy. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And he'll even help you with the repentance part of it if you'll call upon him and ask him for it. He is a faithful God. His great mercy. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the enemy will remind you of your past, but Jesus will bury your past in the sea of forgetfulness. Okay? That's the kind of God he is. And that brings hope. Uh, we don't have to worry. If you know Christ today, you don't have to worry about your past because it's under the blood of Jesus. You can look for it in hope. So we have hope. Why? Because we have a living God. Secondly, because we have a great mercy. Thirdly, because we have a new birth. Verse 3 says, He has given us a new birth. A new birth. What is he talking about? Well, God had this, uh, Christ had this discussion with Nicodemus. He said, he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Or how can a man be born when he's old? Well, you know. And so Jesus talks about, to him about being born in the Spirit. It's, it's something that happens on the inside. It's a spiritual thing that God does by his supernatural power when he makes us new inside. It happens when we repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ. We're born again. We have a new birth, a new life within because Christ has regenerated us in his power. Why does that give us hope? Because that new life that he gives uh, is uh, sustained by his power. Uh, and that new life that we have within, that new birth, brings us into the presence of God. The Holy of Holies is in our hearts because the Bible says that when we're saved, God sends His Holy Spirit to live within us. So we have this new life within. We have the Holy Spirit there. And can I tell you something? When you're walking through the trials of life and you sense the presence and the comfort of God, it brings hope. Uh, it's amazing how God can minister to us right at the point where we need it, right at the time we need it. Uh, and uh, maybe it's a song, maybe it's a scripture, maybe it's a call from a friend. Um, but God touches that place uh, and encourages us. Um, but God also just simply touches our hearts uh, with his hand. I there's been a number of times I've been in my quiet time, maybe I'm talking about something that I've been discouraged about or that I'm concerned about, and I'll just sense the presence of the Spirit of God as though, it's as though He touches my heart. And He says, I'm here, I'm with you, I got this. <laughs> and uh, it brings me hope because I'm not alone. I've got a living God who is walking with me through the trial. So that new birth is that new life in Christ that we have. And listen, uh, the, the Gaithers years ago wrote a song, um, The World Didn't Give, I don't know what the title is, but the lyrics go like this. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. This happy face I'm wearing, Jesus put it there to stay. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. What's he talking about? The joy that only God can give. And it's a joy that doesn't depend upon circumstance, okay? Uh, there are Christians who have joy, who are being persecuted. I heard a story, I believe it was last year, where the Muslim countries, um, these Christian women were being horribly abused uh, and persecuted. And while it was happening, they were singing praise to God with joy. 
that, that boggles the mind. That's only the grace of God can explain that. But it is a supernatural uh, grace that he gives within the heart of a Christian. We have a supernatural power living in us. Uh, a, a new birth that the world didn't give to us and the world can't take it, take it away. And, and because of that, we can have joy in the midst of trial. Because God is with us and we can fellowship with him and have joy in his presence. So, why do we have a living hope? We have a living hope because we have a living God, a great mercy, a new birth, a resurrected Messiah. Verse, verse 3, uh, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's no one else who has ever died and come back to life to live forever. Only Jesus has done that. And the Bible calls him the first fruits of the resurrection because of that. Uh, you see, Jesus is set apart in what he has done, but he is also set apart in what he will do. Because as Jesus is raised, we will be raised. The Bible says that uh, uh, God, when he determines the time, uh, is right. Uh, he'll give uh, a command. Jesus is going to shout. I don't know if he's going to say arise, church. I don't know what he's going to say, but whatever he says is going to work. Okay, and uh, and the the trumpet's going to sound, and all these dead bodies. I mean, people talk about the cemetery being quiet. It's not going to be quiet on that day. All these dead bodies are going to come to life and are be transformed in glorious uh, new bodies caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We have a resurrected Messiah, so we have a hope. Listen, every other religion has a prophet who's dead. We have a Savior who's alive. <laughs> and because of that, we have a living hope. He is a resurrected Messiah. So our living hope, why do we have a living hope? We have a living God. We have a great mercy. We have a new birth. We have a resurrected Messiah. We have an unfading inheritance. I love this. Look at verse 4. He's given us a new birth into a living hope and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Now, right now, he says it's kept in heaven. It's in the Greek perfect tense. It means it has begun to be kept with the result that it's there. Okay, uh, Your inheritance is waiting on you right now. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but it's there. God has already prepared it for you. So if you get discouraged in this life, think about, boy, what's God, God prepared for me? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inheritance. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ, right? What will it be like? When we receive this unfading inheritance. I, I remember when I was a little boy, uh, I would get so excited about Christmas. You know, you shake the gifts, you know, and try to figure out what's inside, you know, and see if you can find mom and dad's hiding place. And uh, there's all this excitement. And then the day comes, and you're excited. You get these new gifts, and you're uh, playing with these new gifts and everything. And, but you know what happens? After a few days, if it's not broken already, 
uh, it begins to kind of lose its shine, right? What was new has now become commonplace. And it doesn't give you that same thrill that you had just a few days before. He says that our inheritance is imperishable. That is, it can't be destroyed. Your brother can't break it, okay? Uh, it is undefiled. It's untouched by sin. It's uncorrupted. In other words, you, you don't have to question where it's coming from. And it's unfading. The gifts that God gives us and the inheritance that God gives us are eternal. Now, I believe in, in literal crowns that God's going to give us and, and, and rewards. The Bible says we'll cast those crowns at his feet. But the greatest reward will be, of course, seeing God himself and fellowshipping with him. Uh, but the things that God has given us, we, we don't have a full concept of that. I, the Bible says if we give a cup of water, we'll receive a reward. If we do it in the name of Jesus. So, how many rewards do we have? What is the magnitude of it? I don't fully understand it all, but I know we've got them. And they're being kept in heaven for us right now. And they're better than anything you could get down here. Because they're imperishable. Do you have anything that's imperishable? Do you ever have to take your car to the mechanic? Or maybe I've, I've taken a couple of them to the graveyard, right? Uh, or have you ever, I mean, have you ever had anything uh, break down in your home? Listen, everything we have here is temporary. It's all breaking down. What we have there can't be destroyed. It's forever. Uh, and and we'll never, the shine won't be taken off of what we get up there. We won't have a sin nature, and we will have the perfect capacity to enjoy all the things that God has given us. There won't be bad news to distract us from the joy. There won't be anything uh, to rob us of joy, somebody doing something to us or, or uh, many of the things that happen in this world. But we will have eternal enjoyment of the inheritance that God has given us. It is going to be truly amazing. Uh, we have certain things in, in God's Word that are revealed to us, but much about heaven and about the future, we just simply don't know. I, I kind of think God knows it would be like trying to d discuss calculus with a two-year-old. Uh, we just wouldn't get it. But it's going to be so great and so wonderful that it defies description. This is what God has prepared for us. An unfading inheritance. That's why we have hope. Listen, I'm not going to be sorry about what I have to leave behind here. Because what I've got is much better. <laughs> What's coming is much better than what I have here. And by the way, you ought to be living your life with a perspective that Jesus is coming. Live it for what matters. Right? So, why do we have a living hope? We have a living hope because we have a living God, a great mercy, a new birth a resurrected Messiah, an unfading inheritance, an unfailing power. Verse 5, uh, you are being guarded by God's power through faith. He's guarding us for salvation. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we're being kept by the Almighty God. 
You remember that old song, Safe in the Arms of Jesus? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus says no one can pluck them out of my hand. If you know Jesus Christ, you are in his hands, and you are secure. He is your protector. You say, well, I thought people were persecuted, and uh, I thought uh, Christians went through hard times. Well, we do, and we are. But nothing can come to us without his permission. And the Bible says God works all things together for good. Uh, it, it's good here, perhaps. Good there. <laughs> uh, it's certainly good for eternity, right? Uh, Hebrews tells us that those who are persecuted will have greater rewards in heaven. So we are in the hands of God. You remember what happened with Job? Uh, the devil comes and says, hey, uh, uh, this Job, the only reason he serves you is you, you give him everything he wants. You know, I mean, he's got all these possessions. He's got all these things going well for him. Listen, if you take all this away from me, he'll, he'll curse your name. And, and, and God says, well, you can, you can do what you like with his possessions, but you can't touch him. Remember that? So Job loses all of those things and and then Satan says, well, skin for skin. If a, you know, a man will give anything uh, for his own skin and just let me make him sick. And he'll curse you. And so God says, okay, you can touch him and make him sick, but you can't kill him. So God's limit is on all of it. And of course, God, God has a different, Satan's purpose is to try to get Job to curse God. And by the way, God, God was blamed for what Satan did. Isn't that interesting? Job, Job couldn't understand. God, why are you doing this? God's sovereign over it, but God wasn't causing it. God was allowing it. But God had a different purpose. And Job, after he goes through all of these things, he, he looks back over his life and he says, he says, Lord, I had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Something has changed in my spiritual life. I now see you as I've never seen you. And God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he uses it for good and he draws Job into his presence as never before. And then God said, okay, Satan, get out of here. And he blessed Job twice as much as he'd ever blessed him before. All his possessions doubled kids. Okay, we didn't get to that. All the parts of his life were blessed by God. You see, he's our protector. He's our keeper. And he's keeping us for his purpose. Listen, I believe we're indestructible until God calls us home. Now, you can go on a diet and maybe that will affect your quality of life, okay? But as far as you being here, I believe, listen, my dad's a good example. He's had 15 stents and open heart surgery, and he's still walking around, okay? God's not done with him yet. Listen, our God has, is our protector, and we're held in his hands. So this unfailing power, God who cannot fail, holds us in his hands, is bringing us through and sustaining us and bringing us to the other side and what is he bringing us to that other side for? Look at verse 5. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed 
and the last time. So, why do we have a living hope? We have it because we have a living God. We have a great mercy. We have a new birth. We have a resurrected Messiah. We have an unfading inheritance, an unfailing power, and a sure deliverance. What does salvation mean? It means to deliver. One day, God's going to deliver me from this place. <laughs> I, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I've got a job to do for God. I've got a role to play in this world. I'm in the world, but not of it. But I have got a purpose beyond this life. God is keeping me for that day when I'll begin my greatest purpose. I love what 2 Corinthians 5 says. Uh, it's talking about when we die and get, we receive that heavenly body. Uh, and it's, he, says, he says, God has made us for this very purpose. Did you know you have a purpose here if you're a child of God, but your greatest purpose is yet to come. A sure deliverance. You see, your salvation, you said, well, I thought I was already saved. Didn't I trust Christ and I'm saved? Yes, you are saved. But if you know Christ, your salvation has three parts. You have been saved in the past. That is, your sins have been forgiven. Uh, you have been made God's child. You've been assured of heaven. Okay, But you are being saved today, every day that you live. You're being sustained in that salvation by God. He is the author and finisher of our faith, right? But you also will be saved. And what the Bible says about that is pretty exciting. It says that the Holy Spirit that he's given us to live inside, the experience that we have with the Holy Spirit now is just a down payment of what is yet to come. Now, God didn't tell us all about that, but I think probably the work of the Holy Spirit is... Being quenched by sin in this life, you know, our, our own sin, the sins of others sometimes. Um, and uh, we have that old sin nature. Uh, so we don't, even though we have the Holy Spirit, we've not experienced yet the full experience of who he is in his presence yet. Uh, we've just had the down payment. Uh, Paul says it this way. He says, we See through a glass darkly right now, but then face to face. <laughs> so, to put that in East Tennessee language, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay? Uh, this is kind of, this is the idea. Um, our salvation that is yet to come, when Jesus takes us out of here, whether you die and go to heaven, or whether Jesus comes and the rapture occurs and you're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Uh, God's got a plan for you beyond this life. And you will be delivered from all the grief, the pain, the heartache, the persecution, the trouble of this world will be forever in the past. It will be a, a full deliverance, a sure deliverance. And ultimately in a new heaven and a new earth uh, where there is no sin, and there is no wrong, 
I, I don't even know if I can wrap my mind around that, but that is our inheritance. That's what we're going to experience as God's people. So you can have hope, a living hope. Why? Because you have a living God, a great mercy, a new birth, a resurrected Messiah, an unfading inheritance, an unfailing power, and a sure deliverance. God has given us a hope. Are you struggling, Christian? Lift up your eyes to Jesus. Remember your hope. Look to him for the grace that you need to make it through and have hope that beyond the other side, a, a deliverance, a salvation is waiting, an eternal inheritance is waiting uh, for you. If you don't know Jesus, can I tell you something? Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Those who have Jesus have hope. Those who don't have Jesus don't have hope. You need Jesus Christ if you don't know him. The good news is he's done everything to make it possible for you to receive him. The Bible says that Jesus lived the perfect life. See, that's important because God's standard is perfection and none of us meet the standard. <laughs> All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus, as the God-man, is the only exception. He lived a perfect, sinless life. Only someone like that could be a substitutionary sacrifice for sin. Jesus was pure and spotless. He took our place at the cross, bore the penalty for our sin, the wrath of God, the justice of God, and said, it is finished. And he rose again. And the Bible says that because of what Jesus has done, God will give eternal life to those who repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus. And so you can do that simply today just by making a choice. It needs to come from your heart. By making a choice today, Lord, I choose to follow you. I choose to surrender my life to you. I choose to follow you. And I receive the free gift of eternal life. And can I tell you something? As you do that, trust in Christ to save your soul on the authority of God's word. He will save your soul. If you'd like help in making that decision, I'll be here at the front. I'm going to encourage you here in a moment when we begin to do our music to come forward. And uh, you, you can make that decision. If you're a child of God and, and you need to, maybe you need to pray about a problem that you're facing that you're struggling with here at the altar. Or pray for a brother, uh, somebody you know that uh, doesn't know Christ. And uh, this, this altar is open. Uh, if you need prayer, you can come to the front for prayer. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that you bring to us in Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that any that don't know Jesus Christ would come to know him. That they'd make a decision right now to, to turn from their sin in their own way to follow you. And to receive the gift of eternal life. And uh, Father, for those of us who know you, I pray that you'll keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And the hope that has been promised to us throughout the difficulties and struggles of this life.